You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Okay, you ready? Yep. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris. Um, it's a nice, relaxing introduction here. Um, oh, I was trying to connect to my phone, it's not working. Um, so sorry, we. I, I showed up late to record here. I was buying Pokemon cards for my son's birthday tomorrow. You weren't buying them for yourself, so that's... Well, I, I promise you everyone at the store thought I was. <laughs> like, these are for my son. These are for my son. So, all right, so long story short before... Or long story long before I get to this... Kick off this uh, podcast for this question. Um, so, Judah's birthday is tomorrow. I, I told you I, we got him Zelda. Mm-hmm. That doesn't come out till Friday. He is aware of that, so he's not going to be disappointed tomorrow. I was like, well, I gotta get him a little something for his actual birthday. Um, so I went to GameStop and I couldn't find anything. So I went over to Walmart to get Pokemon. Like, I'm, I'm like, maybe I'll get him some Pokemon cards. And I don't know anything about Pokemon cards. I called Chris and he's like, you know, you know, but you're like, talk to my son. I was driving and I don't know. I don't collect Pokemon cards. You have though. I mean, you know more than I do. I'll say that. And I called. I called Brian White, and he who's like. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's Pokemon all the way, um, and that was that was the, like the nicest way I could just say nerd. Um, and <laughs> I said, Brian, like I don't know any of this stuff. Like I started reading it, and he's like, Oh yeah, that's great. And so he told me to go up to the front where they got all the good stuff. Yeah, at Walmart. The counter. Yes. Yeah, so I said, "How do I get to it?" He said, "Just reach over, because that's they put all the Pokemon stuff on top of the cigarettes." Yeah. And so I was like, I just started reaching over, and I'm talking to him, and this guy is like, "Hey, don't you can't reach over." <laughs> Walmart employees like, "You can't reach over to look at that. You have to go through aisle 11." If you want to buy Pokemon cards, and I'm like, aisle right. eleven is aisle oh, eleven is the thing. cigarette aisle, and so I was like, all right, so I, I found the one I want, and so I got in line. People are buying, I don't know, five carts of groceries in this aisle. And it's the quick line too. Is it it was not. To, it not was today. supposed to be everyone. I say this. I, I mean, obviously, I'm not buying cigarettes at Walmart. But everyone in that aisle knew each other. It's like hmm. a club that I wasn't a part of. So and they all kept talking. They're very nice. They were very nice. But I just, I just stood in that. That's why I was late. I just kept staying in this line, and I mean, people would come up and talk to them. And I'm like, look, I'm here to buy this energy drink and a, a thing of Pokemon cards, which definitely makes me look like I'm buying them for yeah. myself. But. <laughs> Anyways, I got it done. He's got a little gift for tomorrow. Oh, good. So he'll be uh, good to go. Um, and he wants to go to Amigos at some point tomorrow for his little birthday. Yep. But, all right. 
Um, let's kick off the podcast. I was trying to think of a random question of... I know, you never like these, but... You've asked this one in the I past. think I have, but this is a good one. This is a good one, and I couldn't think of anything else. So, um, you all remember COVID, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, oh, there's a lot of people working from home that maybe they weren't before, and I, I think it's a good question um, to wrestle with, even as a... Uh, a church, maybe we don't. There's a lot of people in our church that this impacts. So, do you think working from home is a good trend that's happening in our culture? Well, I'm very biased, and I put yes. I knew you would, you, because you work from home. I worked from home before it was cool. I worked from home before yeah. COVID. I mean, you were well like before you were like anti-vax before it was yeah. cool to be anti-vax. <laughs> I get it. No, <laughs> I, I guess it's probably both. You could be good or bad. Um, <coughs> what's like, like the worst thing about working from home for you? For I didn't mean for me in general. I, <laughs> You're like I'm, it's all pros. It's for all me. pros I for me. I, <laughs> but for normal people who are not me, no. Like, I mean, you don't like. I have to intentionally go out <laughs> to see. I have to make myself go out and yeah. see people because otherwise, I would I would 100 percent stay home all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah, I have to be kind of intentional with that. I think for you, I mean, we, could you say like it? It feeds the in- introvert so much that it can become unhealthy. Yeah, you know? well, it's really well. And here's, I guess, there is a, a con for me working from home. I mean, I'm still working. I'm still doing things. I'm yeah. So when I get done with work and I'm already home, I really don't want to do anything else for the rest of the day. I'm. Yeah, I clock out and I'm like, well, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm. So that was pro- that would probably be the worst thing for me. I'd... You wouldn't have it any other way though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, it's been many years now. I mean, you would. I mean, we'd all do it for a paycheck, but yeah. preferably being at home is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I do my work. People leave me alone. I get yeah. it done. I think the obvious cons or communication that can break down yeah. online and you really you have to have more trust in your employee for them to be at home and not have a boss looking over their shoulder but yeah. with technology these days they're kind of still looking over your shoulder yeah. anyways um i mentioned it I, I think probably the biggest pro is it in a technical way it's it's just bringing us back full circle I'm sure I mentioned that the last time we discussed this, that, you know, for all of human existence, people kind of worked in their home. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, uh, no, I'm not saying everyone did that, but that was very common. So it just feels like we're coming back full circle. If you're able to work at home and keep the family unit closer together, obviously you save money on gas. And food, because you're like, I don't need to, mm. I don't have to remember to pack lunch. I don't have to go anywhere. It's, it's lunchtime, go in the, walk in the kitchen, make something, eat, and then go back to work. Um, so I personally think it should happen more than it does. Um, but people would disagree. Mm. You think people, I mean, even well, I mean, people might 
give me the feedback that I don't want on this podcast, but <laughs> do you think people would be disappointed like if the preachers works at home? Uh, do you think people think about that? I think people think I work one hour on Sunday. Sunday and just, and <laughs> it's like in student ministry, all the students are like, what's your job? And I'm like, I, I mean, it's kind of this. And they're like, you, they pay you for this? They pay you full time for this? And I'm like, I do, I understand. I do get Thanks, it. Thanks, I do get it. Um, but when you're a full time youth pastor, you better be doing more than just youth ministry unless you're at a mega church and that's all. But for most churches, you're, you're, you're functioning like an associate pastor. So there's a lot of responsibilities throughout the week. But, um, I don't know. I've, I haven't since that here. No one's ever been like, why isn't Jason in the office 10 hours every day? So, but we'll be watching now. They will be now. (laughs) No, well, Marion's back in the office, which is great. Um, so, um, this has been good. I think she was back in next last week for the whole week. So it's been good to have her back in the office. She's, I'm sure she never listens to this, but she does a great job. So, yeah, I told Corey, did I tell you this? Um, told Corey, so we need to do a short podcast on Wednesday today. And I said, I told Chris like 30 minutes and she said, 30 minutes. She said, how long do you all record? I said, I don't, they're like an that hour hurts. long. That hurts, Corey. I, yeah, I said, apparently you don't. You she don't said an hour. She's like, that's too long. I said, you do not. You don't listen anyways. <laughs> like, yeah, you want to talk about an anti-fan? <laughs> Corey Marie Scott. That's oh her maiden name. She, I mean, she listens to me enough. She doesn't uh, need to be driving true. around town with me (laughs) also listening to me i don't blame her i don't blame her so um all right uh first samuel 16 we're done with first samuel 16 this past sunday 14 through 23 if you haven't read it go back and read it um our focus was back on saul this week when you have no peace with god um point one is people will notice that you're not okay so let's talk about the narrative first. Why did the Spirit of the Lord leave Saul, Chris? Uh, let's see. He <coughs> left Saul because Saul uh, was not following God's commands. Uh, Saul cared more about himself and uh, choosing his own desires. Um, I mean, I believe it was we just went over that Saul was just commanded by God to destroy all the um, Amalekites and and he spared uh, Agag and their best livestock. Um, so Saul was disobedient. Very much so. Yeah. We're not going to shake Saul for a while. This Sunday we're doing David and Goliath. So oh, yeah. Mother's Day, David and Goliath. Um, I'll have to send you a... I know you're not a big TikTok fan, but someone uh-huh. sent me a TikTok of like... Um, it was just a joke, but like how different churches do Mother's Day, and the last one is definitely us, you know. <laughs> you know, and we're gonna do an anti Mother's Day message, and so, anyways, um, that's good. 
So, Jason, can the Holy Spirit leave us today? My longest answer. Okay. Um, all right, let me read some scripture for this one. I'll start with Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and you believed in him, so you hear the gospel, you believe in the gospel, we were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, the praise of his glory. Um, we can safely, right at the beginning, we can safely say um, that you aren't a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's going to be helpful as we answer that question. You're not a Christian if you don't have the Holy Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit can't leave you today and you remain a Christian. Mm-hmm. So let me give my uh, simple answer first. <laughs> Can the Holy Spirit uh, leave us today as believers? I would say no. Uh, I don't think a true believer with the indwelling of the Spirit can become an unbeliever and, vac- and vacate the Holy Spirit from, from within. Um, I let's see what I have. I I do see warnings all throughout Scripture um, for believers, for Christians, not to fall away, but I don't see evidence that something uh, that someone that is sealed can become unsealed. That the promises of security are more overwhelming than the other verses. Um, John ten is a uh, we went through through this when we went through the Gospel of John, but John 10 is a great verse um, that that would point to this. But John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. There's a whole lot of God in that and what he does and not what we do. Yeah. And so in that those few verses alone, you can see that, that no one can snatch you out of Jesus's hand and the Father's hand because you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We've got a whole trinity work going on there. Um, I would say if we didn't earn our salvation, why would we think we have the power to ruin it? Uh, so good works is evidence of faith. And I'd say, likewise, evil works could be evidence of a lack of saving faith. And I can already hear people that would say, what about Hebrews 6? Everyone that's ever, anytime I've ever had this conversation with anyone on the other side, mm-hmm. they bring up Hebrews 6. Um, so doesn't that prove, Hebrews 6 prove that you can lose the Holy Spirit and your salvation? Let me read Hebrews 6. I told you, this is my longest mm-hmm. answer for all of it. It says in verse 1, Therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washing, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. 
For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, have shared in the Holy Spirit, have tasted the goodness and the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then to have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding him up to contempt. People are clearly divided on those verses. Um, and they're clearly divided on those verses in two camps. Uh, you either believe that, that those verses are talking about a, a, a person that is a true believer that fell away, or you believe that that is a person that proved they were never a believer to begin with and they fell away. Um, I'm not disagreeing with apostasy. I'm not disagreeing with falling away. I think all of those are biblical and true things. Um, I'm, we might have disagreements of what happens at the beginning. I'm in the latter camp, um, that those verses are a person who proved they were never a true believer to begin with. Even looking at the language of those verses, that shows it, it shows that someone would, we would all say like, well, that clearly looks like a believer. It's written that way, but they only looked like it. Uh, they were enlightened, enlightened by the gospel, but never changed. They tasted the heavenly gift and the word of God, but never ate of it. They shared in the Holy Spirit, but never indwelled. Um, and so I'll say all that to say, you can disagree with me on these things and still be a, a, a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> we have several in our own church that believe you can lose your salvation. They would say, yes, you can lose your salvation. The Holy Spirit can... You can be indwelled by the Holy Spirit, and all of that can um, not happen anymore. Um, and I'll just say this. That's that's not what I believe. Um, but if you can defend it well with Scripture, I, I do have your back. Like, we are, I've told repeatedly, we are not, we're not a cult here at Easer Report. Um, we can agree to disagree and still be members of the same church and maybe you can't do that at other churches but i just i'm gonna fight that here to say no we can um i guess i'll end with this uh regardless we talked about this maybe at our elders meeting last night um, regardless of how you land on this topic whether you're a raging calvinist or a raging arminian we all believe that you better follow jesus until the end, yeah. or you're not saved. Yep. So that's the truth that keeps us in unity in this church. In practice, we're, we're still unified. Yeah. We're all still going to teach the Bible, and we're all going to still hold that truth that you got to follow Jesus until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can all at least agree on that. So that's where I stand with it. But, um, I mean, I don't know if anyone will... I've already had plenty of, of conversations with those in our church that disagree. And, um, and those that usually that disagree in our church, they actually know what they're talking about. Yeah. So um, it's good to have conversations with them. And um, if I'm wrong, maybe the Lord will change my mind. You know, keep praying, keep praying for me and convincing me, and <laughs> I'll do the same to you. So, <laughs> but anyways, we're just here to teach the Bible. Follow Jesus till the end. That's what matters. Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> what harmful spirit did the Lord send us all? Uh, let's see. The Lord sent an evil, 
tormenting spirit upon Saul, uh, is what the Bible says. But I read a lot of articles that um, had said, and I think you even mentioned it in your sermon, that it was more than likely probably he turned him over to Satan. And uh, a lot of those articles I read gave examples like in Job, where Job was handed over to Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you feel like that was a satisfying answer in the sermon? Yeah. I felt there was a part of me that felt like it was a cop-out. Like, But, I mean, mo- there were commentaries that were... I mentioned that said it was a judgmental angel. There were commentaries that that didn't make it sound like it was more of a demonic force, yeah. um, and then others that had it was more of a handing over. And um, I get all of that. I I think if anything, we can safely uh, hold to God is in charge of even evil, dark spirits. Yeah. Um, he commands, and they do what he tells them to do. Um, yeah, kind of like when Jesus approaches any of the uh, demonic, you know. Yeah. They do exactly yeah. what he tells them to do. So uh, that that's tough. I was a little hesitant to build a whole message off that. Yeah. Um, but I think there's still, it, it, could, it still works. Um I feel, I, honestly, I feel a little better a few days after Sunday thinking, all right, it wasn't a complete train wreck. Yeah. No. Um, this is, it's a tough, it's a tough passage. Um, so, but, all right. Um, well, continuing on, does the Lord still do this today? Yes, absolutely. I, I can't say that it would stop. Um, I didn't mention Sunday, but you can, you can look it up and. Yeah, the Ananias and Sapphira story, mm-hmm. um, and I I brought up on Sunday specifically the the purpose of excommunication in the local church is the handing over of Satan. Um, so I think there is. I didn't really get into it much. I think there is when that when you're being handed over to to evil. There's there's two things there's several th- layers of consequences in that there's natural consequences, but I truly do think there's an unrest mm-hmm. between you and the holy God like you just you feel an angst that you can't quiet things in your life that's why you keep running whatever you're running that was kind of the direction I think I was trying to go with the message it's like when you've been handed over. And you just feel like there's never enough alcohol. There's never enough pills. There's never enough pornography. There's never enough um, just buying stuff. I think that that angst you feel is, yeah, because you're not at peace with God. He handed, there's a level of like when you go too far, yeah. you can be handed over, and they're like they're, your only response is just repent. It's not more of whatever you're going for; right. it's repentance. Um, so I, I think the Lord still does this today. How He does it, I'm not entirely sure, but I do know from what we see in the New Testament, our part in that could be excommunication, hmm. um, where we disassociate from someone that claims to be a believer but refuses to just be honest with their sin and repent. Yeah. So 
That's tough. Have you ever, I've not seen it done. No, I've never um, seen that. It did happen in our last church <laughs> before I got there. I'll tell you about it after because I can't mention. I don't want to share that online. So, All right. Uh, two, uh, people will offer advice oh, yeah. to fix the problem. So, Jason, what advice did Saul's servants give? Say, man, I just need a little music. <laughs> just need a little music, Saul. It is, a, it is weird. I, I mean, I... I think there there must be some cultural thing happening too. Could be, um, but they specifically mention the liar, and then one's like, "Hey, I heard a guy. I heard a guy. He's real good." I, I don't know. I've heard this story before. It just felt more once you like. I guess once you teach it and actually sit down and take your time and study it, you're like. This just feels more real, you know. Like mm-hmm. these, just I can just imagine a servant being like, "Look, Saul, I've heard this guy before. I don't, I don't know where you he heard him. him playing, but you're gonna love, <laughs> like you're gonna love him. You're gonna love him." Um, oh, I was gonna. Oh, I'm glad I didn't answer the next question. So that's the advice. Uh, one of the sons of Jesse, he is really good at this. You need to go get him. So my question to you, which I thought was interesting, is what kind of reputation does David have? Straight from the word, David was a was skillful in playing the lyre. He was a man of valor. He was a man of war, prudent in speech. Uh, he was a man of good uh, presence, and the Lord was with him. So, sounds like David was a had a pretty good reputation. Yeah, I think there's always that. I don't know if I'll bring it up Sunday, but I think growing up in church, I just always thought like David had potential. Like he just had potential. He was, he's a pretty boy. He's a good musician. And God chose a weakling to raise him up. Mm-hmm. And obviously David's not going to be the hero of the story anyways. It's going to be God. Right. But once you really study that text or just looking at like he already before he takes down Goliath yeah he already has the reputation of being a warrior yep. and being strong and respectable and the lord is with him like so i think that's important um it it will be important as we go through the the narrative of first samuel but oftentimes in leadership you hear you just I just hear that I've just heard that story so much growing up of like God chose the unqualified and yeah. I'm like, oh, he was qualified. Oh, he was yeah. actually qualified. Um he was the man for the job. Um and he f- he like he didn't want to wear Saul's armor. He he did yeah. fit into it. It wasn't like he was some kid in dad's clothes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. that's for Sunday. You know what I found? And it's going to throw me off, and we'll keep going. Uh, my third Hebrew class, it was like Hebrew syntax, exegesis. The class I thought, I'm going to fail at it. I'm going to flunk seminary. Um, I wrote a paper on 1 Samuel 17, and I went through all of like the whole chapter mm-hmm. and the issues in the chapter the textual variants, the Hebrew, all the original, and I have this in this huge long document, and I read it, and I was like, can I, is there any of this I can just copy and paste and not have to write a sermon? 
I'm just being honest. Oh my! I know I'm being honest, but it is my work. It um, is your, that's true. But it still was like that's true. There's a. I might use it as a reference, but it's definitely a seminary Using paper. Using yourself as a reference. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, I am. I mean, it's a seminary paper, so I did. There's there's tons of citations in there. So. Yeah. I'm of course. Narcissistic. I'm gonna reference myself, guys. It's like Ugh. the pastors that write a book and then make his church buy it all. Hey, we're gonna do a churchwide book study. Yeah. I just wrote this book. Y'all can buy it online for ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I, um, I'll say this for this Sunday. I'm going. I'm doing my best to keep it as simple as possible, not to overthink it. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna tackle all of seventeen. Not we're not we probably won't read all. We're not gonna read all of it. It's a long chapter, but um, I want to tackle that narrative as one whole whole thing because it is. But we'll see. Right. Y'all will find out Sunday. Well, jumping back into this week's sermon, Jason. Why do people give advice to fix someone else's problems but never their own? Because they can't take the the plank out of their own eye. Nice would be my answer to that. Nice. They, I think, biblically speaking, that would be the the first response is you see a speck in everyone else's mm-hmm. eye, and you're like, dude, you got a gigantic plank sticking out of your eye. <laughs> you need to take care of that. So I think scripture itself to say that's that's our natural inclination. To be like spec inspectors, not catchy. I'll be this my next my next Ooh. book. Be ten dollars on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> spec inspectors. Um, I, I just made that up like five seconds ago. <laughs> so I think that's the first uh, thing, and um, outside of. Outside of that, I, th- I just think people are incredibly, they're just not self-aware. They're not very self-aware people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, what's that cartoon, like Pepe Le Pew, mm-hmm. like he thinks, oh, yeah. he can't, t- he can't tell yeah. that he smells bad. Yeah. That's, that's a bunch of people in the church. I'm like, don't you, you reek too, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and I'd just say it's it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good yeah. to to try and fix everyone else's problems and ignore your own. Um, yeah. It's like a a strange coping mechanism. Um, it's the same reason why people don't you know why people procrastinate. It's not necessarily because they're lazy. It's because they're anxious about getting it done yeah and it's like why don't people address their own issues i'm like because it's hard and it's much easier just to ignore that and if you if you can fill that space in with just pointing out someone else's problems um you can you know makes you feel good for a moment so yeah Yeah. but it's dumb and wrong so (laughs) get get help but we'll talk about that in a minute uh, you. What harmful advice? Because I don't think I talked about this too much. I don't think the advice the servants gave her was bad. Uh, like 
Getting David, good decision. Playing music, good decision. But what harmful advice do people give to someone that may not be doing well? Well, they normally offer advice, and these guys did it as well, on how to temporarily fix your problem. True, yeah. Um, normally, they people don't try to get to the root of your issue and and fix that. They just put a, a little Band-Aid over and, and, and go on. So I think that's pretty harmful. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it could come up. And we'll come up again. Yeah, I think even from a psychological level, let's just, I mean, obviously Saul's issue is he has, he's not right with the Lord. Right. Um, and that that's at the core, that's everyone's issue yeah. um, that they need to address. But in just a normal counseling situation, people, we ha- you have to peel back those layers of, What's that root trigger that's causing you to spiral in your life or in these decisions? Because if you can't bring that that root thing before the Lord, and this is this is going a little too deep, but if you can't bring that root thing before the Lord and have peace with God with that root thing, you're gonna keep going back to yeah. the other things. Yeah. Um and you'll just be trying to address, you know, something else in your life. Um, trying to give a, a simple, I mean, no, I don't know. I don't want to do that. I don't want to give an example because that might not be helpful. All right, uh, three. People will give, what you talked about, people will provide a temporary solution. So what's some good gifts from God that can help in this life? Well, you, in your sermon, you went, you had mentioned some things like going to the gym and stuff like that can be good. I went a different route with my answer. I'd, Is that because you canceled your gym membership? No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, let me, but, let, can we go on record? When I walked in here to do the, the podcast, oh my. Chris is getting his steps in, <laughs> walking in this church. Oh so goodness. we're all proud. We're all rooting for you, man. Thank you, sir. But anyway, back to the answer. I put like um, gifts from God that can actually help us in life. He gives us breath. He gives us the breath in our lungs. He, um, I mean, this is not the case for everyone, but hopefully, He provides us with a, a good family that we can have support and encouragement. Um, a good gift from God would be rest, uh, wisdom, joy. Uh, he gives us freedom, like actual freedom, um, peace, and I, I would say the most. Uh, or the best gift that he gives us in this life that we don't get to experience yet, but we have the hope for is eternal life. Yeah. That this isn't it. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that like those good gifts are rightly used when you can experience those good gifts with the eternal gift in mind? Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard preachers talk about that too. It's like anyone. Like you can enjoy a nice meal. Anyone by God's good grace can enjoy a nice meal. Yeah. But for the Christian, there's another layer to that where I get to enjoy a nice meal knowing the source of that mm. and the eternal promise that's given even while I enjoy that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, one for you, Jason. How can medication and therapy? Uh, be good for those suffering with mental and emotional issues. 
now I'm hesitant to share this um, because I, I, I didn't want to derail too much off the main issue yeah. of like, meaning like if you're suffering with mental and emotional issues, that doesn't mean that you don't have peace with God and that yeah. like you're, you're acting like Saul, which would be my concern. Uh, I just tried to use it on Sunday, uh, one, because I think it's not talked about enough and uh, people just, they do need, they, they're, they're wanting someone that loves the Lord and that's in the church to like have dialogue about that, mm-hmm. uh, where maybe 10, 20, 50 years ago, we just pretended like mental issues didn't exist. Yeah, um, that's true. So uh, how can medication and therapy good for those suffering with mental and emotional issues? I would say, um, let me let me address it in two different ways. One, therapy is good for everyone. Um, counseling therapy is good for everyone. Maybe that's uh, that's non-professional, which that's me. Like I'm not. I can. I tell people like, yeah, I'll I'll meet with you. We can have counseling like conversations, but I'm not a professional, um, and they need to know that. So maybe it's talking with a pastor, an elder. Maybe just talking to a fr- a trusted friend. Uh, someone in your life to have where you, you get to have a therapeutic like conversation and yeah, really yeah. open up and um, but also you know paid professional counseling can be helpful too where um, I would say when when the non-professional is like you need expertise beyond that mm-hmm. and maybe even consistency beyond that that's when the professional counseling moves can be a a good help for that to give an example i've said this repeatedly to people like if people are like hey i need i need like they need counseling especially with teenagers when i was in student ministry they parents be like can you meet with my kid like i'll meet with your kid but let's do let's do let's meet three different times and after that uh just evaluate like hey is this working like did we make progress here and we can move on or does this person need beyond what I can offer them? And a pastor can do that. A friend can do that to be like, yeah, let's grab coffee and be like, yeah, the, the, maybe you just needed to unload things and work through things and you can move forward. Or they, they might it might be so extreme where you're like, man, you really need to meet with a professional counselor. Um, I didn't mention it Sunday. I mean, I met with... Um, was it Tennessee Counseling? I don't, and I, won't, I guess I won't say the guy's name. I don't remember him, anyways. But um, I met with him a few times. Yes, um, had a big impact. Uh, yeah, big impact. But I think it, it's good just because you you can really open up because you're like this person, their their profession is on the line if they like, you know, want to be a snitch. I guess yeah. is the unpastoral way to say that <laughs> so, you can just be you can be open and i i think therapy is good for anyone counseling therapy yeah. is good for anyone everyone should be doing it whether it's with an unprofessional or professional um and if people still don't know what i mean by that and care they can message me um medication's different i think the answer for this question, and maybe I mentioned it on Sunday, there are times in your life where you might need to be on a medication that can do two things. 
Um, and someone asked me on Sunday about this too. So I was like, well, let's, let's also address it on the podcast. Cause sometimes people will, they have questions, but they're like, I don't feel weird asking that. Yeah. So medication like that can be helpful in two ways. One, it can quiet your mind enough to start creating some better, healthier habits in your life. And then you can at some point with medical assistance taper your taper yourself off that uh, medication and then start trying to operate in those new healthy habits. Um, That's one option for medication. The other is some people need to be on it just indefinitely. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, working with troubled kids, um, it's not, I just, I saw both worlds. There's an overuse, an overprescription of, medication in our culture where it's like every issue like you don't you're just like here you go here's a pill for this this and this that's a huge problem i won't deny that at all even working with troubled kids rather than dealing with a kid if a unit's popping off and you've got a million things to deal with and no help if you can call in a prn and give a kid thorazine to calm him down for a minute that works. You medicated that problem, but you didn't really deal with it. Right. So there's a there is a certainly an issue with over medication, and I would caution anyone in our church or anyone just to or not quick to to take something. Yeah. Um, but those those are two things that can be incredibly helpful. Some of those kids needed to be on medication until to chill their chill them out enough to go through the process of counseling and, yeah. and steps. And some of them definitely needed to be on it the rest of their life. Yeah. So that's how I would see that. Um, and I told someone Sunday, I, so I didn't share this Sunday, but I'll share it publicly. I don't care. Uh, I took that 50 milligrams of Zoloft for a year. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not creating any healthy habits in my life. I'm just using this to not jump off the deep end, mm-hmm. um, which it, it does. It helps that. But it's like I also need to address maybe why I'm getting to that point. Um, so just trying to deal with some of those healthier habits, and then I taper it off to 25 milligrams and then for a while, and then I went to zero. And it made me sicker than a dog. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had brain zaps, is what they like. It was, like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. I guess you could Google it, but mm-hmm. my brain just freaked out. And these are that's why I'm saying these are very serious medications. They're yeah. they're like messing with your brain. So, um, <sighs> and so I told someone I said I, that was for me. So far, I've not had any more panic attacks. Um, I I have feelings of dread, but they never get out of control and they're not consistent i can quiet that and i feel like if i got ever got to a point where i could not control things then yeah i would absolutely consider seeking more medical help and maybe that's is medication i don't know Hmm. so that's where i'm at i'm not saying that again i'm not saying like if you're dealing with things uh the Lord sent an evil spirit your way. It was, I was trying to use it more as like, these are good gifts that can be good things yeah. uh, for us 
But if you're using those things uh, to just numb yourself and never truly repent of anything in your life, um, I mean, it's just, it's a waste of your money and time. Like, so, uh, and I say that for any good thing, music, medication, and all that. So, yeah. all right, main point, we need to repent and turn to the Lord. That's the, that's it. Uh, for you, Jason, what does it mean to repent? Change your mind. Remember that sermon series we did? Yep. It was a little mini sermon series we did here. Um, it's to change your mind about uh, your sin, change your mind about God, and turn to the Lord. And um, I think when you correctly understand it that way, it's helpful um, to understand like repenting of an actual sin because sometimes we think repenting of sin you're like all right don't do this bad thing and you really want to do it but you're like all right i won't do it that's bad i don't want to feel bad and i'll turn to the lord i'm like okay if if that works great but i think it's you see that bad thing and the true repentance is you're lining that up you're changing that sin to this is something i want to and I don't care what the Lord says, and you're changing repentance. In repentance, you're changing your mind to, um, this is what my flesh wants, but that's not what the Word says, and I want to follow the Word, and I'm going to choose to walk in the Spirit rather than feed the flesh. So it's a changing of mind, mm-hmm. how you're actually thinking about something um, before uh, not acting upon it. So. That was helpful, whatever. Um, But how does repentance restore our relationship with God? Well, I have a lot of what you just said, too. Oh, sorry, man. (laughs) No, no, you're fine. No, I mean, it it goes hand in hand. Um, I mean, when we repent, like you said, we turn away from our sin. Our sin is what separates us from God. Um, So when we repent, we see what that sin is. Like you said, it's... um, It it separates us. It, It turns us from God. So uh, when we turn from that sin and we ask for forgiveness, we restore that relationship that was broken, uh, and we put our you know our faith in Jesus. Um, we see where we have gone wrong, and we start to mend it before we spiral further out of out of control. And and basically, we acknowledge our our dependence on God. Right. We need you. Right. <laughs> we can't do this. We can't save ourselves. We can't. We can't even restore this ourselves. Yeah. And I think there could be, not could be, I mean, there's you know two different sides of repentance in the sense that when you're separated from the Lord in your sin, there's an initial repentance, a believer's, you know, acts to repentance yep. of, of I believe in the gospel for the first time and your relationship with the Lord is restored. So there's a salvation thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the ongoing repentance, it's not like you're getting saved every time. Right. Um, it's uh, in many ways. Well, I'm not trying to open back the can of worms from the second question, but um, it's it would be, maybe it's helpful to view it like in a, in a marriage or in a relationship. You hurt someone. You said something terrible to them. Mm-hmm. It was wrong. Like if I say something terrible to Corey, which I never do, I'm pretty. I mean, 
She never said anything terrible to her. Yeah. I okay. treat her like a queen. Yeah. And she, uh, I tell her every day how blessed she is. Uh, so, oh no, when I say, when I say <laughs> something hurtful to Corey, it, it, there's a part of that relationship that fractures. Yeah. But it's not like, well, guess you're not married today. You know, yeah. it's like, no, you're still married. Same. But there's a level of, like, man, you need to repent and restore that relationship. Yeah. Um, and man, I, let me I'll, maybe I'll share that analogy with you later. Um, no, it's about it's a. All right, never mind. It was something I listened to on a podcast. Okay. Okay. But anyway, so. Yeah, there's a there's an initial first restoration that's more salvific, and then there's an ongoing restoration yeah. in repentance that um, is still salvific. Salva- I mean, it's saving, but it you, we shouldn't view it as like, well, you did something wrong today. I guess you're not a Christian yeah. until you repent you're not again. Starting over. You're not starting over every day. Um, you're not getting saved every year at church camp. Yeah. So, but. All right, let's end it here. I got, we got to leave. I got to leave. Um, there's nothing to do with anything. The hardest question of the whole podcast. You think so? I struggled with it. You're not going to like my answer, but oh, I struggled no. with this. So what was the best Marvel movie so far? We're asking that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is out. I'm trying to see that soon, but what's the best Marvel movie that's ever come out so far? Avengers Endgame. I thought about saying that. I did. It's it. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm wor- I'm very worried about what you put. Mine's cheating. It's cheating, but I would say the first Tom Holland Spider-Man. What? Because it's Marvel, but I know it's still produced by Sony, but he's still he's I, mean, I wouldn't say that cheating, but I just don't know why you would pick that over I just thought it was many a, movies. It it because I say this because it stands on its own. It's a good standalone Marvel. You don't have to watch anything else. Endgame Endgame was incredible because you're like you thought of like how many years of your life you followed these these nerdy movies and then it's just like poof. It's all over. Well, I always looked at it because I was a comic book collector. I yeah. read comic books, and you would always have these crossover events in comic books where yeah. guys would. So it was kind of like that, like at the very end when that big battle, like yeah. all these guys are here from all these different movies together. Yeah, it yeah. it was. I just that was my that would be my only thing. I would agree with you one hundred percent. But I only picked Spider Man just because of its own standalone. I mean, I Tom liked, Ho- I Tom, like Tom Holland Spider Man. I do. He's the best. And I like that movie. Spider-Man. I just I don't know. I would so. have picked many many other movies really? before that one. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first time you're wrong. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's let's pray this out. You want to pray? I can. All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, just thank you again for this uh, this time we can gather together and uh, dive deeper into your Word. Uh, we thank you uh, for everything that you've provided us with. We thank you for the many gifts that you've uh, bestowed upon us and. Uh, we're very thankful for those and um, more thankful for you sending your son, Jesus, that we can have eternal life with you one day and that we have been saved, that um, we have started that restoration uh, process. And we just thank you. We love you. And uh, it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen.